Blog Talk Radio. to another exciting hour of Infinite Love Talk Radio. We are your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie, and we invite you to call us live and join in the radio show anytime throughout the show. Hello, everybody with me? Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and keep going with the show and we'll try to get that worked out as soon as we can. That's right, the entertainment business. And if you if you wonder what it's like to be on TV today, we're going to be talking about what that is, and or to be in the tabloids, etc. Well, we can share some experience with you all. It is a hell of a ride. Let me just say, there is a certain rush, if I may say, that you get when you see yourself on the big screen. It's truly an out of body experience, literally. But before we go any further, we don't want to let you all, we want to let you guys all know a little secret. We're going to be welcoming a guest later in the show, and um, so stay tuned. Also, we want to thank all for supporting, all of you guys for supporting us each week and checking us out here at Blog Talk, always at 5 p.m., uh, a wonderful place for us to be, but also to enjoy conversations with you guys and expound on some of the things that uh, we see in life. Oh, most definitely. And we would also like to invite you to listen to our friends, family, and folks that know and encourage you to post to our URL or just, you know, come on our show, um, stretch their opinions, go, go talk to us on our mind space, and um, let's just try to hook it up from there. Now, here are the most asked questions by our listeners, and we want to make sure to answer them. Uh, every week we try to uh, enable everybody to to hello. Hello, everybody. We are back. As we said, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, something that is beyond our control. But we're having a good time, and we are, um, you know, talking about entertainment. You can call us live by dialing 347-215-8305 throughout the entire show. And... Now I have a question, baby, because uh-huh. I was talking before we got cut off about some yeah. of the, the the what the listeners want to know about the entertainment business. And first off is how does a person acquire an agent, and not just any agent, one of those oh you meet them at the coffee store and they say that they're agent, a good one. <laughs> how does somebody find that type of an agent? Well, first of all, okay, that's a great question, babe, um, because you can get an agent, um, just because you have an agent doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get work. You've got to get an agent that knows what they're doing, that's highly connected, that is there to help you, therefore understanding that the more money they make you, the more they're going to make. So basically you need a hungry agent. Um, I attest that to kind of like sports agents. 
They go and they acquire the players, and they go and they fight hard to get the players a great contract. That's the same way you need to base your um, when you're searching for an agent, especially in Hollywood. There's a lot of them there. Um, a lot of them are pretend agents, and when I say that, they pretty much just call themselves an agent one day and decide they're going to go out and try and get jobs for people. It's better that you get referrals. If you know somebody there, if you don't, say you're just moving to Los Angeles. Well, what you want to do then is you want to go online. I would say the Yellow Pages, but it's a lot more um, comprehensive if you go online because you can actually see bios and go to websites and different places like that and get information. You can Google that person. And I'm going to tell you guys another little secret. If you really want to know if someone's serious, say you meet someone at a cafe and they say, oh, you're gorgeous, or oh, you look good, sir, I want to put you in my next movie, whatever, I've done this and this and this, ask them for their I, um, what is it? The I, I cannot I remember this. IMB, that's it. Thank you very IMDB, IMDB, um, and it's the movie database. And if you go in there and they have a profile or page on there, usually it's pretty much checked out. They don't usually post information that's not true. They kind of give you a waiting period before it can be up there, and they check it out. But that's a good starting place. And usually you can see if they have an agent or a publicist and go on from there. Do your research. But getting an agent um, to answer the question, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get work, but um, you do. You need to make sure that you have an agent to try and go out and be taken serious in Hollywood. Now, baby, if say if, if you're, you know, you're considering yourself an actor and you want to get a job and you're looking in the paper or you're at, your say, your local dance studio because you're doing all these different things or trying to make your talent the best it can be, and all of a sudden someone tells you, yeah, there's a tryout, can you just go to an audition or do you need an agent to get in these auditions? Um, well, yeah, usually um, it depends. If it's an open audition where you can pretty much find it in, like, you know, a newspaper or a friend of yours says, oh, I got this audition, make sure. Because if it is one where they've requested certain people and it's a closed audition, you you may get embarrassed. You may get your feelings hurt because they may say, what are you, do what are you doing here? And they're not going to be nice about it because a lot of times these people are very busy. They have an idea of what they want and who they're looking for, and they, they specifically reach out to different um, you know, casting agents or different people like that, or they call, you know, contact modeling agencies, or they have a group of people in their database and they contact them. And a lot of times, word of mouth, you know, people share, oh, I'm going to this great audition for Pepsi Cola, you know, this huge commercial downtown tomorrow at 8. Well, next thing you know, their friend shows up and they've told three friends, and before you know it, it's chaos. So if it is an open audition, yeah, you can just show up. You don't need an agent, but you will need, hopefully, you have 8 by 10 headshots. If you don't have 8 by 10 headshots, it's good to, if you can have somebody snap a picture of you, a good picture with a camera, go to Kinko's, go to a copy center like FedEx, Kinko's, or wherever, and make a copy of it, a couple of them, like maybe four or five lasers. On the back, write your name, phone number, contact information. If you have an agent, definitely put that on there. Um, but agents usually will require you get some 8 by 10s professionally done. They're not going to allow that. But if you are starting out, you know, put all that information on the back so they can contact you, and then go and put your best foot forward. Yeah, I, I just want to. That is that is something that I know that people really want to know is is how serious is it? Because you hear about everyone going to Los Angeles and just going to different <laughs> auditions. Then you hear about people who get agents. And is it true that? And I know we got more questions from the listeners, but I, I'm asking now. And you know what? Before we go any further, let me interrupt really quick. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us here on our show today. The call lines are busy. It's going crazy. I hear music in the background. That's great. If you want to jump in, jump right in. If you got a question, go ahead. We're just going to keep on rolling with this. we got a big show planned for you today. Again, we do have a lovely guest coming on later on in the show, so stay tuned. And back to your question again. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Uh, I, I was just wondering, if, is it really true that it's who you know? So sometimes it doesn't matter. It's just you know the right person and you're going to get that job. Is that true? That is very true, honey. Great question. It is a lot to do with who you know because you're going to find out about things that may not necessarily have been put out there. You're going to find the secrets out. If you know someone and you've worked with them before and got a good rapport going with them and you guys have been on the set and they like you and they're like, oh, that's a hard worker, you know, this and that and the other, you know, all you have to do is basically just um, – Contact them and, if you, you know, let them know. If you have anything coming up, please, I'd love to be a part of your project. I'd love to be involved. Then you get, like, the heads up first before most other people do. So they're going to say, oh, we're working on this project in three months, and it's going to be with Steven Spielberg, for example. You're getting the insight that most, you know, the public doesn't really get until the actual – until the actual call goes out. So, yeah, you, you know, it's, it's who you know, definitely. 
Well, I have another question for you because, as you guys can see, then my wife knows this business inside and out, and uh, I try. I'm I'm gonna be the next uh, Will Smith going out. No, I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> but um, I got a question. Do you need a college degree, baby? Do you need a college degree or some other type of certification? Because if you want to get into the acting business, is that something that you have to have? Or can you just call yourself an actor and it doesn't matter if you have a college degree or any type of certification? Yeah, you definitely. It's good to have a college degree or, or you know, have your high school diploma, but they're not really looking at that. Entertainment is a little bit different. They want to see does this person have the look? Does this person have what it takes? Can this person keep it real on camera? It's very difficult to do. Everybody can say, oh, I do this part like this and this. But when that camera comes on, even if it's just the cameraman and you, you're nervous, you're shaking. That's not a normal human thing to do is be in front of a camera and actually portray it. I've modeled for a long time. You've also modeled, honey. Our kids have modeled. It's easier to model. You're not saying anything. So you're just up there looking beautiful or cute or whatever, and you're, you're still acting because you're portraying something, but at the same time, if, you, if you're on TV and you have to, you know, talk and you have to read a script or you have to uh, audition, for example, it's a lot different because now you're trying to make sure you're looking right and you're also trying to remember your lines and you're also trying to come off as normal and comfortable as possible in front of that camera. If you come off nervous, it usually wrecks the whole audition. So that's, that's why it's, you know... It's good to to look good, but yeah, you don't you don't necessarily have to have a, de- a degree. Okay, so I, I can I can get busy then right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. Now I ahead. have a question for you. Okay. That someone emailed us. Um, they wanted to know these are we're first of all, you guys. We're talking. We're we're taking the top questions that our listeners had about the entertainment industry, and we're trying to answer those as best as we can. And it's, do you have to live in Hollywood to be successful? What do you think? Well, I would say. Yes, you need to live in Hollywood. Now, I know that the answer is no because there's a little bit of acting everywhere. New York has a big uh, area of entertainment. Even Toronto has a big area of entertainment. But if you really want to get into Hollywood, in my opinion, you're going to have to be in Los Angeles. Now, you got I know, babe, you're, you're probably going to expound on this and say that a lot of the A-listers and different people, you know, they live in Aspen, Colorado, and they fly in for the day. Well, that's different because you're in a whole different bracket. But if you really want to beat the pavement and go out there and work, I personally think, yeah, you got to be in California. Okay. I, I think it would make it a lot easier, too, because then, you, you know, you, a lot of the auditions are in Los Angeles. So if you have to fly in, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Next we have, is the story true about the dangers of the business? Now, what I mean, what would you call, because when you talk about the dangers of the business, are you talking about the different things that happen on a day-to-day? What exactly, baby, do you think the dangers are? Because they didn't really detail that question. Um, I would say it's definitely some dangers involved, but it's dangers pretty much involved in whatever you get involved, you know, whatever you're doing. So going to Los Angeles with the um, aspirations to – uh, become an actor or actress. It's it's um, you're going to people's homes sometime to do auditions, and it could it could get pretty you know messy. Um, a long time ago, we went to an audition, me and some girlfriends, and it's funny because I had heard about all the stories, and I'm thinking, oh, this is a big time person that's been affiliated with you know a lot of movies, and you know the agency sent us out there, and we got over there, and his ideas of an audition was totally different than what our ideas was. So, Whoa. of course, you know, I was the one that did not care what it was like. They didn't run. I ran, of course. Ran to the front door, yanked it open, hollering down the hall. I'm from Seattle, so I'm not going to sit there and, you know, try to look cute when this man is, you know, six foot five, you know, big, long, burly hair. You know, he's he's a big, hairy guy, and he's already had six beers, and he's got a some kind of black leather strap on the counter that looks like it has, like, some something on it. I don't know. And he's going to hit somebody with it. And he's saying, you know, well, you came here, so obviously, you know, you're going to do what I need you guys to do for this audition. It's like, no. So, you know, that's kind of what ended my whole going out on auditions. If they weren't at the buildings and at places where, you know, you could go. And like when I went for the one, what's that um, show that I told you about, um, those guys, remember the rappers that did the show? Okay, well, for that one, you know, there's a lot of people there. Neil Long, all those folks were there. So you know pretty much you're in a safe environment. 
That that sounds like it can be very dangerous. So if you if you really keep it professional, and, and that That's would right. probably go back to one of our our very first questions about getting an agent and making sure that you get a professional agent and not somebody that's just going to send you on any call that comes across the desk and they might not know exactly what's going on. And most definitely, and you made a good point with the agent because what else you should do is have the agent go with you especially if you're new to Los Angeles and don't have a friend. Nowadays, with it being so, you could do a lot of your auditioning online. You don't even have to go in. Uh-uh. And then if they're interested, usually they're like, oh, this is universal, come on down to the lot, you know, tell security, show your ID, and you can come on through or whatever, and then you can just go up there that way instead of having to even go to the, the you know, private auditions is what they called it. You see, the Internet has changed so much. So now mm-hmm. they, they have sites where you can upload, uh, you know, a, a reel for yourself um, that you are showing how you act, showing how you respond in different situations. They can see you, how you talk, how you, how everything. So before they eat, that's probably even better than a headshot, I would say, because they can see you communicate with them, and then they can say, oh, I really want to see that person, have them come in. Oh, most definitely, honey. That's the truth. And um, it also it helps with your confidence, too, because you're sending something ahead and you already can gauge their interest because they've already saw pretty much who you are and kind of what you look like and all It's not that whole, oh, my God, what if I get there and they don't like, you know, how tall I am or how short I am or whatever. They pretty much know because you've sent them a pretty much a resume ahead of time. So the next question that we have from our listeners is what is the difference between an A-lister and a B-lister and so on? And the difference of that is, you know, an A-lister is usually someone that's known, you know, internationally or they, you know, here's an example, Will Smith, um, Jamie Foxx, Julia Roberts, uh, Demi Moore, um, Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, those type of people, um, Sharon Stone are all A-listers is what they consider. They've been in blockbuster movies. They made the network tons and tons and tons of money, and they um, are in tabloids a lot, and um, the media feels like something that's going on in their life is newsworthy. So, of course, they're going to not just report on them. They're going to report on their family, their lifestyle, pretty much when they go get a coffee, whatever. So they're considered A-listers. You want them in your parties and so on and so forth in Hollywood. That's the way they base it. B-listers is someone that's on the brink. They're not quite there, but they're right there, and they're getting ready to blow up. So it's good to get a B-lister in there, they feel. So they sometimes give them privileges, but if they've got five A-listers and you know, one B-lister, they're going to, you know what I mean, pick the, anybody from the A-list. That's just the way that it is because then it makes it more prestigious. Then you got the C-listers. And if they call you a D-lister, you pretty much need to go reassess your situation, start all over, <laughs> get, your, get your wardrobe and check. No, I'm just kidding. But usually that's when you're very, very new. So, like, if we went there, I'd be considered a D-lister right now. So how far do you, how far does it go down? Is it like the grading scale, you know? No, a, I think B, at D and lower, yeah. you're pretty much, you know, you're you're coming in, but you know, we're asking you to come and show yourself, but you got a long ways to go, I think, at D list or so. Okay, A B C D, everybody, we're shooting for the A's, no question about it. Now. Baby, you, you said uh, the word, and I know that everybody hears this word, and you, let's let's kind of talk about it. Paparazzi. How, I want to know, or not me, but the audience wants to know, how much do the paparazzi play in helping the actor's career with that thing that they call the buzz? Um, I would say it plays a major role because, look, I mean, you know, I read tabloids. My mom does. All of us read them. And we want to see what's going on and all that kind of stuff. Well, it just makes the star a bigger star when the paparazzi is putting them on the front pages of stuff. Next thing you know, the star is not buying advertisement anymore. They're just getting put on this and put on that. So it gives them a higher level before you know it. Even if, you know, here's Kim Kardashian, for example. She's right up there in in the, you know, CB list. She jumped way up higher because the paparazzi was following her, Reggie Jordan, and so on and so forth. So I think they play a major role. And it also depends on what type of coverage they're giving you, too, though. They could really, like the Octomom, you know, that had the, all the babies, she is considered a D-lister still. But they still have her all over the place. So If you have eight babies, you've got to be considered No, no, teen, I think, or well, 15 or something. But, I mean, you know, so it just all depends. But, I mean, I, could, I don't really judge it that way, but that's the way it's looked at there. So a D-lister could be pretty much someone that's very unknown. Now, what do they consider the buzz? Because I know that the, the paparazzi, that, 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 that's the people who take all the pictures and they're chasing folks around and jumping over fences and cars. 
I mean, that's what makes the stars, and I don't understand why they even get mad at them sometimes because those are the people that make it happen. But this thing called the buzz that they Mm -hmm. create, what is the buzz? The buzz is when all of a sudden, say, for instance, Taraji P. Henson, who just got an Oscar nomination, it, it was some buzz created before she was nominated that she'd done such a great role in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button that all of a sudden this buzz started. And the buzz means you're getting in write-ups, you're getting lots of A-list interviews, you know, they're talking about you, they're putting you in a lot of the more prestigious magazines, the glamour magazines, you're hearing your name, the radios are talking about you, everybody all of a sudden is a buzz with the fact that Taraji's probably going to get a nomination. Then when they announce the nomination, then, of course, it's even bigger. The buzz is even bigger. Oh, my gosh, she might win this you know, Oscar, her, you know, on this role, and that was really big for her. So that's what they consider the buzz. So, so everybody, the buzz is fussing. If they're fussing over you, that is what you call the buzz. At least that's what I call it. Now, <laughs> let me tell me, do this, this is something that comes up quite a bit. Is do African American actors get the same opportunities for the good roles? Because we were talking earlier about the fact that you're able to go to these different auditions. So, if everybody's at the audition, what, what do you think about that? I would have to definitely say that I do believe that they do in most cases as the director and the casting groups, et cetera. They want the best talent for the project, and oftentimes the nationality of the actor can sometimes be a plus. But there is situations, and there has been reports, that maybe there is some instances where race can hamper an actor's chances. But I'm not real sure. You know, I think Hollywood, by all means, is the land of opportunity in the entertainment business. And if you're willing to go there and stay focused and be determined to accomplish your goals, you can make it. But you have to be determined. And and that's, you know, set your goals. You can't get there and kind of get you know, glossy-eyed about, you know, all the stuff that's going on. There's a lot of prestigious parties. There's celebrities at these parties. There's something happening in L.A. all the time, even if it's, you know, on a Tuesday. There's some mixer or some, you know, album release party or some premiere or something like that. You have to go there and know that, okay, I'm going to put some work in for a year straight. I'm going to go to every audition I possibly can get into. I'm going to find me an agent in a six-week or a nine-week period, you know, have yourself a list of things that you're going to accomplish, then you can go there and you can accomplish it in Hollywood, I think, for smiling. But if you go there and you get a good break and all of a sudden you become this hot-headed person that thinks, you know, that you pretty much are owed something, then it could hurt you. Or you may go there and you're trying out for roles that you know they're not really looking for your type. So, therefore, you can then convince yourself that, oh, they're doing this because I'm African-American or I'm this nationality or that nationality. So I think it's a lot of miscommunication, but at the same time, I wouldn't knock Hollywood because look at all the actors and actresses from every nationality that's went out and made a career for themselves. So you can't, obviously, you can't be a brother and be trying out for the Johnny Cash role. That's that's not going to work. But uh, as you can see, with more uh, opportunities for African-American films or parts, now the good roles are starting to become to the top a lot, a lot more, if you want to say. Now, well, most definitely, and, and, you know, let me interrupt real quickly. If you want to call in, call into 347-215-8305. Every line on here is clogged up right now, so if you're calling and you can't get through because we are getting emails saying they want to get on, just try back in a couple of minutes. But we are going to welcome a special guest to the show, and she may be already with us. I'm going to um, give you a little information about her. Her name is Suzanne, and... Um, um, she is a fantastic actress. She's also the host of HGTV's number one rated show, House Hunters. And um, we're going to welcome her to the show here in just a few minutes, but I wanted to go ahead and let my husband finish his thought. I, I wanted to know, baby, now if, if I'm I'm the lead, I get the leading role because you know I'm gonna get the leading role. So if I get the leading role <laughs> in the movie, can can I pick the co-star or is that like out of the range? Can I say I, I want my wife to be my co-star or do they do that for you? What 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 that mean? Well, I wish. I really wish, but I don't think so. Um, And, again, these are questions that you guys, the listeners, have sent into the show, and we're answering them for you. Um, I think that if you are a lead actor, you have some say-so. You definitely have some influence. Uh You you know, if it's Brad Pitt, for example, and he goes talks to the director, they're going to listen to him and be like, hmm, so you want to put, you know, whoever, you know, in in the co-starring role. And then they probably will look at it and say, is this going to make the film better? you know, okay, well, let's try her out or let's bring her in for an audition. So I think sometimes it kind of it has influence, but I don't think, I think the director and the, you know, casting folks and all of them have the, the final say. 
So, so if I'm not a super A-lister, then I don't no. have any faith. So they kind of maybe <laughs> maybe they want to look a little bit at synergy and see how if you're going to work better with somebody. But otherwise, get up there and do your part. Okay. All righty then. And at this time, we would like to ask Susan if she's on the line. Are you with us, Susan? It's Suzanne. Can you hear me? Suzanne, yes, we can. We can hear you clearly. Can you hear me? Yes, yes. Hello, hello. Hi, this is Suzanne Wong. How are you? We are fantastic, and welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we wanted to talk about you being the host of HGTV's number one rated show, House Hunters. And um, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the show? Sure. There's House Hunters and House Hunters International, and uh, it's been on the air for almost 10 years now. And it's a half-hour show. House Hunters Domestic just goes around the country following different people who are looking to buy a house and the realtor that they choose. And you see them interviewed about exactly what they're looking for. And by the end of the show, they've narrowed it down to their three top choices. They pick a house, they buy it, they move in, and they fix it up the way they like. Oh, that's uh-huh. fantastic. I've actually saw the show. You haven't saw it yet, but anyway, you uh, have to. I haven't to. seen that, but uh, I love real estate and hunting for houses, so that, that's right <laughs> that's up right. our alley. What, what is it like doing the show? That, that's I know a question that I have, and I know all of our listeners are going to want to know. Is that her what it's like doing the show? Well, I mean, it's just so wonderful. I think the reason that it's been the number one rated show on the network is because Everyone, all the American dream uh, people have in common is the desire to buy a house and to own a house right. that you can call your own, that you can fix up the way you like, that you don't have a landlord. You know, most people have a boss at work, so it's nice to come mm-hmm. home and know that that's actually your home. It belongs to you. You don't have to ask permission to paint a wall or knock out a wall or decorate it the way you like to decorate it. You know what I mean? So it's part of the American dream. I think another reason it's popular is because everyone has that sort of voyeuristic tendency to want to look inside. I mean, I'm sure one of you guys, at least one of you, has seen a sign for an open house and you have no intention of buying the house, but you pull over Uh and you go in because you want to see what it looks like in there, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Most definitely. And I'm fascinated, too, by what it's like in different countries, you know, how the process is different in France or in Costa Rica or in Scotland, you know, and, and what you get for the money and what kind of architecture they have and all of that. So... Um, yeah, it's been fascinating, and people are addicted to HGTV. People say it's like crack. Oh my! God. Oh my God! That is I awesome. And you know what? It is like she said. Voyeurism is, is American. You know, it's just people love that. So I'm yeah, sure people are curious. They want to see inside. In the same way that they want to know about celebrities' personal lives, they also want to see inside people's houses. That's right. Oh my goodness! I mean, that's how how do people submit to be on there, or do you guys select? Who, yeah, who the you're gonna... producers, they're always looking for, the show's been on so long that they're they are looking for a story that hasn't been told. We've had plenty of newly married couples who are having a baby, so they need a bigger house. That story's uh-huh. been told many times. So they're just looking for interesting people and unusual stories, and it's not so much where it is in the country or, or what country it is in the world, but what is the personal story behind it? Because it's not a how-to show. It's not an That's informative right. show. It's more of a, what is the journey like? What is the emotional journey behind looking for and buying a house for the first time. So do you guys ever, like, uh, see people just totally, like, break down or any of that type of stuff on the show? Like, oh, my God, I just got to have this house. All the course, and people fighting and people not being clear as a couple of what they think that they want together. And then they, they show up and, they're you know, one person loves the fireplace and the other pe- person thinks it's hideous. I mean, you know, yeah, you can see that it sort of magnifies whatever problems you might have, or it could also bring people closer together to realize that they are on the same page with what they're looking for. I think it's a really important thing to get on the same page before you start to look around at houses and involve a real estate agent who might be awkwardly in the room while you two are fighting. That's right, that and then you can't say what you really want to say. And then she has a television camera right there too. So if they, one of the person people don't like it, then they're like, um, you know, it's, so it's a great show. I think exactly. everyone should tune into it definitely. And I heard that you talk about the entertainment industry and mm-hmm. advice for listeners. And what I would tell you is because I'm also an I've been an actor for 20 years. I spent four seasons on the NBC series Las Vegas with James Caan. I played a hilarious character named Polly, the spa manager, who said really inappropriate, hilarious things and made people very uncomfortable because she was overtly sexual and would say really blunt, rude things to people and talk about bikini waxes and hairy women and you know her new boyfriend's finger technique and all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Wow. It was really amazing. 
amazing. And so, but what I would say, I've also done stand-up comedy. I won the Andy Kaufman Stand-Up Comedy Award, and I won the Las Vegas Comedy Festival's Best Up-and-Coming Comic Award. But here's the thing. If you want to get into the entertainment industry, you have to have an incredible amount of passion for it because it involves you are – are basically the product. You are the product. Your personality, your voice, your body, your talent, you are the product, and you are a salesperson for yourself. You know, other people might sell, you know, cars and houses, and when you're an actor or any sort of entertainment person on camera or on the stage, you are the product. So you have to have passion for it. I think you have to be willing to study and work hard. You have to have a good business sense because you can be a talented actor who's only good in acting class, but who cares? That's because right. unless you yeah. know how to market yourself and put yourself out there, you know what I mean? It is a business. It's called show business. That's um, right. I'm That's also right. a big believer in the law of attraction and quantum physics. I'm actually the person who first introduced Oprah to the DVD of The Secret, and I got her to do a show about wow. the law of attraction. So it's all about visualizing and manifesting and creating what you want, having a great attitude. I think it's about creating your own material to star in and shooting your own stuff. I, I don't know if you know, but there's a lot of executives now at television studios and movie studios whose sole job is to surf YouTube and try to find mm-hmm. the next great talent for something. So, you know, you can shoot your own thing with your rinky-dink camera in your house, and if you can get enough attention on YouTube from it, you never know. That could be your big break. But, I mean, it really is about having the passion, knowing what you want, and don't let anybody tell you what you can't do because the truth is I don't believe in statistics. Statistics are just numbers about what other people have created in the past. They have nothing to do with me and my present and my future because, think about it, I'm a minority, I'm female, I'm 46, and I have small boobs, and I live in Hollywood. (laughs) I should never be working, right? But I'm working all the time. And there would be Mm -hmm. people who would tell me, you know, statistically speaking, the odds are – that you'll never succeed. But you know, I mean, when you're an athlete, when you're a model, it doesn't matter what you're doing. People will tell you, oh, that'll never work for you. And you have to say, no, thank you. You can keep your opinion. I'll just continue succeeding. Oh, that is, I mean, this is so much valuable and wonderful. We got people in the chat room saying it's fantastic. Thank you, Suzanne. I mean, just what you're saying, just in, uh, you know, the advice that you're giving. And I never even knew about the YouTube situation. So everybody, you're listening to Suzanne Wang. And, you know, just like she just said, you could shoot yourself and get on there, create, um, you know, attention to it. Tell your friends. Ask your friends to tell another friend. But you create are going to need own, passion. Exactly. And use, the, use modern technology to your advantage. I would love for people, if they want to, uh, I have to scoot, but if they want to go to my website, they can send me an email, and they can email okay. me any questions they want. My my website is SuzanneHuang.com. That's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-W-H-A-N-G.com. Okay. It's spelled Huang, but it's pronounced Huang. And they can also hit me up on Facebook. I've, oh, I've okay. discovered the joys of Facebook now and reconnected with some really cool people from my past. So. <laughs> fantastic. Thank you so much. You were fantastic. Our listeners is loving it. We hope to have you back on the show in the future. And thank you. Continued success. Thank you so much. Have a great night. You Thank too. You Bye-bye. Bye. Um, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, that was Suzanne Wang, a fabulous actress, um, host of HGTV's um, television show. As you heard, she's shared with you guys a lot, a lot, a lot of valuable information. We could keep on talking about the entertainment business because that's what we do, and we love it, and it's fun, and our kids are involved in it. And, I mean, pretty much that's just something that, um, you know, it has a lot of valuable information, but if you guys want more information and if you want to know where you can find out um, lots of stuff about Hollywood, go to Google. If you if you um, go there, type in in the search box, just type in acting information or Los Angeles or City Guide, which is, you know, C-I-T-Y and then G-U-I-D-E, and you can find out information about auditions, all sorts of stuff. L.A. Casting is another great place. Start there. It is a fee. I believe it's like $30 a year. It might be more than that, so don't quote me on that, but you can go to L.A. Casting and find yourself up, post your picture up there, and you will start getting emails of all the different castings that they have, and you can submit yourself free online after you, of course, are a member, and also they have, you know, walk-in interviews. They have a lot of valuable information on there. They have different links to coaches and teachers and everything. So we're going to wrap up that segment because, um, like I said, we're running behind, and we will move right on in the hot topics. Yes, the news and what's happening is always food for thought. And guess what, you guys? It is not disappointing right now. Listen to this. 
Well, when I say listen to this, listen to this and have kind ears because a child was raised like an animal. When I say animal, this is ridiculous. It sounds like something you would see in a horror movie, but a six-year-old girl devoid of any social interaction and stimulation all of her six years of life is discovered living in a filthy roach-infested home. She speaks in grunts, and her body is covered in roach bites. Her hair filled with the life she's lived her whole life, baby, in a room the size of a closet piled high with the used diapers that she's worn. She is only 46 pounds, coming from Plant City, Florida, and it's just ridiculous. She doesn't know how to speak or chew food. And when she walks, she walks on her tiptoes sideways. And uh, oh what really in this story just kind of bothered me was Danielle's birth mother, Michelle Crockett, was charged with child abuse and faced 20 years in prison, which she deserves, in my opinion. But she yes, still refused to give up custody of her daughter. So what the prosecutors offered was a plea deal where she would waive her parental rights to avoid jail time. So she was only sentenced to two years, that's 24 months of not prison time, of house arrest, and she was put on probation and only had to serve 100 hours of community service, and that just really appalled the hell out of me, and I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, it's it's just so unfortunate. And if you guys look at this little girl, you wouldn't even, I mean, it's, you know, she's adopted now and she looks normal, but you could see that it's something not right about her. And it's just so unfortunate. We have children and that's something that you just don't want to do. You do not want to abuse a child. If you find yourself around someone that's doing that, please report it because that is an emotional thing that really doesn't sit well with us. Moving right along, we got a preschooler's 911 call saved his mom's life. The little guy... Um, he called the police and he said, my mommy's sick, can you please come over here and pick her up? And, you know, for a four-year-old to do that, it says a whole lot about him. I won't go into the story too much, but um, we had this whole part that I wanted to share with you guys. But his name is T- um, Thomas Roller, and he called 911 and calmly told the dispatcher that his mother was on the floor and she was holding her stomach, she had dropped her food, and... Um, you know, if they could help her. And the emergency operator asked him to check and see if his mother was breathing and then roll her onto her back, and that way it would probably clear the passages. I don't know, I'm not a doctor. And then it states after he answered a few more questions, the boy was asked to, you know, if he was, if she was able to talk, and he said no. And they sent the fire department and the police in the meantime while they kept him on the phone, and they were able to save her life. And, you know, the fire department was so happy and proud of this four-year-old that they gave him a ride around the city in their fire truck, and he thought that was really big. So, wow. it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a bright story. And, you know, we have a couple of tips for you guys, you know, that you can teach your children um, to use the, you know, tell them to use the house phone if they need to call 911. Don't try to use the cell phone because sometimes, you know, problems can happen and the kid might get discouraged. But start teaching them at at least two years old how to dial 911. And if they can talk, they can talk to the police. They're trained with talking to kids that, you know, barely has even been to school. So they'll know how to get it out of the children what's going on. Um, so definitely um, also tell them the area they live in. It's hard to teach a two- or three- or four-year-old their address. But you can say, you you know, you're from Seattle and you live in Tacoma or whatever, you know, so that way they can tell the um, the dispatcher kind of their general area of where they're at. And also the last tip is to make sure that you explain to kids, and it's good to have those little bracelets on their wrists, you know, that kind of gives information in case they get lost too. That's another tip now that we're talking about kids and, you know, um, problems that's happening with children is you want to have an ID bracelet if you can, and if not, you know, tell the child to just say, you know, we're in trouble, could you send the police? If they say that, they will get a police officer there, like, quickly. Even if you have a blocked phone, the police can see your number. So that's uh, what we wanted to share with you. And, and you know, baby, also there was a, a couple other points that you gave me earlier was uh, make sure that the child can spell their first and last name that's because right. that's really important for the dispatchers. Also, practice on the unplugged phone because you don't want to dial 911 and then they end up at the house. So when you're teaching them how to dial 911 mm-hmm. and talk to an emergency people, do it on an unplugged phone. And finally, define to them what a, an emergency is and use examples like, you know, if there's a fire or if daddy or mommy falls down or a stranger enters the house, teach them what an emergency is so they can learn to use their gut feeling and know that, uh uh-oh, here's a chance for me to make sure that, you know, my family is safe. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. 
And breaking news, y'all, I got a little something for everybody out <laughs> here. Now, listen up. My wife is set. She's set like she's down in the stands getting ready to jump and run, <laughs> and the gun's about to go off to release her new clothing line. It is called Colored Girl on May 9th, 2009. So I want everybody out there to stay tuned. Keep your ears, eyes open. Keep your ear to the ground because you'll hear the footsteps coming. And uh, stay tuned. It'll be coming soon. <laughs> And guess what, you guys? May 9th happens to be my husband's birthday, so that's the significance of it. It's very special for me. And uh, moving right along, we're going to jump into love and romance. And you guys know that we cannot let love and romance get started without first giving you some extra ear candy, okay? So Mr. Christie, my better half, is going to give you um, something that he wants to share with you. I, I am? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Uh, we got a poem for everybody out there, and this is called A Dream Within a Dream by Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. Take this kiss upon the brow and in parting from you now. Thus much let me avow you are not wrong who deem that my days have been a dream. Yet if hope has flown away in night or in a day, in a vision or in none, is it therefore the less gone? All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I stand amid the roar of a surf-tormented shore, and I hold within my hand grains of the golden sand. How few, yet how they creep through my fingers to the deep. While I weep, while I weep, O oh God, can I not grasp? them with a tighter clasp. Oh God, can I not save one from the pitiless wave? Is all that we see or seem but a dream within a dream? That was Mr. Edgar Allen Poe, a dream within a dream. And that was fabulous, honey. And I'm going to give you guys a little something before we move along. And it is called Woman Work by Maya Angelou. Okay, you guys ready? I'm going to go kind of fast. I've got the children to tend, the closest to men, the floor to mop, the food to shop, then the chicken to fry, the baby to dry. I've got the company to feed, the garden to weed. I've got shirts to press. I've taught to dress, then can be cut. i got to clean up this hut, then see about the sick and the cotton to pick. Shine on me, sunshine, rain on me, rain. Fall softly, dew drops, and cool my brow again. Storm, blow me from here with your fiercest wind. Let me float across the sky till I can rest again. Fall gently, snowflakes. Cover me with white. Cold, icy kisses and let me rest tonight. Sun, rain, curving sky, mountain, oceans, leaf and stone, stars shine, moon glow. You're all that I can call my own. And um, that was by Maya Angelou. Um, and uh, <laughs> we wanted to share that with you guys every segment that we have on our show going forward, we are going to give you a little bit of ear candy, a poem or spoken word or something that we might write. So always check into the show or go back and check out the archives. Again, you can call us at 347-215-8305 and join us then. And I got a little bit, some little bit more before we jump into sports and it's about reading a good book. And I just wanted to tell you guys, there is a book out. Um, it's been out for quite some time. She's a fabulous author, and her name is Sister Soldier, and it's called The Coldest Winter Ever. And if you guys have ever had the opportunity to read it, or if you haven't yet, go get it. Um, my husband's brother, William, gave it to me for a birthday gift one time, and, I mean, it is a fabulous book. I picked that book up and could not put the book down. It was just fabulous, and it's, it's um, really interesting and intriguing. So go get the book, Sister Soldier, if you haven't yet, and check it out. We're going to be starting a book club soon, and then we can all read stuff together. But um, we just wanted to tell you that, and we're going to jump right along into sports. Dun, dun, dun. You know what that is. I, I'm bringing the music today because we got the whistle with us. And whistle, the world of sports is rattling. I see things shaking up, things happening. It is almost time for the March Madness to be upon us. And you know that is basketball turns for some serious hot dogs and different things on the couch. And obviously the NBA playoffs. But whistle, we're going to start it out with. Mr. Terrell Owens signs with the Buffalo Bills. One year, $6.5 million. What does that say for the Bills? What does it say for the Bills? What does it say for the United States in public opinion? What does it say when a team 
that was severely uh, uh, crippled on the defensive side of the ball and gave up uh, uh, victory after victory uh, due to uh, a reconcilable quarterback play deal with a receiver. I think public opinion is huge. I think T.O. is a very hungry player. I don't think that people understand the big picture, which is that this guy wants to go down as one of the greatest, if not the greatest, receiver of all times. He's uh, second only to Jerry Rice. And I think that they picked up a, a hell of a receiver. And if they can give him the ball, uh, I think that he's going uh, to really do a lot for Buffalo. And uh, for six and a half mil, uh, you got him under bargain. Well, looking at the Bills, two seasons, seven and nine, started off last year like gangbusters, and then they really just fell off. Is, is this uh, is Terrell the type of person, the type of player, the type of superstar receiver that can turn uh, seven and nine into you know uh, ten and seven, or excuse me, nine and seven, ten and six, you know, and put them into the playoffs into a position where they could really make some noise. Without a doubt, and uh, uh, you got to realize when uh, McNabb was, was playing, and uh, obviously they were teams uh, playing, uh, getting to the playoffs and, and making a quick exit. So we're talking about the difference between one or two games. Uh, obviously, he could help them out. They have a tough team. Uh, they got a tough defense. They got a, a, a good, savvy coach, and uh, and he gets another chance to play. And I, you know, I think the big thing is is just that uh, he's been persecuted by his own doing i mean i don't you know i mean that everybody gives interviews after games and everything i don't know why it becomes a big issue and and why nobody can handle the guy if it's not his team you know what i mean i mean doug if me if me and you were on the same team and and, and he was on the team we'd be like man you know i don't know and i, I bet that i don't understand why there is no veterans that could step up if that really was the problem and that can handle it and, and can, can nip it in the bud, so to speak. So it's kind of interesting just the way sports works and, uh, and uh, opinion. Well, you know, uh, Marshawn Lynch off the field, some problems. T.O. on the field, they say he's a distraction. We know that the man is a flat-out stud football player. Is, is either one of those going to distract the Bills, or, or could they be uh, a team that everybody needs to, to put in their uh, uh, sights and watch out for? Well, I definitely think it's a team you got to watch out for. Obviously, uh, the threat of having uh, Mr. Owens uh, out uh, catching balls is huge, and it's got to give some time to the quarterback and, and is uh, eventually going to open up for the running back. But, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's just regular life, which we're often reminded with, and it's unfortunate that he has off-the-field incidents, but that's exactly what they are. They're off-the-field, which means that they are real life which means that he has to move forward and learn what he has to learn from him, and everybody just has to bear with people as they grow up. No question. Well, we're going to keep an eye on Mr. T.O. in the world of football. Also, we got, uh, jumping to baseball, Manny Ramirez signs two years, $45 million Los Angeles Dodgers. Does that make them the team to beat in the West? Um, I, obviously, they pick up right where they left off. Uh I don't think a lot of people realize that when Manny came in, he did contribute. Yes, it did change their team. But you got to realize when you're at the start of training camp and, and you go through the same drills together and you watch what guys can't do things and they later on, they, they try and then they overcome and they're doing these things in the name of the team. Uh, it's a whole different bonding process, and I really think that it's going to pay off for L.A. to get him in a little bit early. Well, going to have to pick up one of those Dodgers hats because I do like Manny and the way he swings that bat. Now, New York, New York, A-Rod, with all the speculation around steroids and everything that's going on with him, he comes up with a torn labrum in his hip, and uh, he, he seems to have a large cyst on his hip, and they're, they're saying he has two options, Wizzle. One is rest and rehab, which uh, he may make it through the season. Don't know how that's going to turn out because he says it's ultra stiff. Or he can have surgery, and that will probably sideline him until the All-Star break. And it, it really sounds like he's probably going to need surgery at the end of the season. So uh, what do you think he does, or what do you think New York has him do out of those two options? Uh, well, you know, obviously it's a, it's a New York's decision. Um, I would 
personally uh, sit him down and, and take care of his body. Uh, you can let the, the the rave of the press and and the typhoon go away, you know, and it goes away just with that. And, and all things they they die down with time. So uh, you let him go away, get his body together, and uh, and lighten up. And and basically all those things have, uh, you know, as far as the cyst and and knee problems and all that stuff is from carrying a, a load that you shouldn't have on your frame. Ladies and gentlemen, if you shouldn't be that big, you're gonna there's gonna be problems that come out of it, be it lower back, knees. No tank. question about it. Well. In the National Basketball Association, things are heating up as we see. And, you know, one thing that's really heating up is the MVP conversation, and it really comes down to three people, LeBron, Kobe, and D. Wade, who Pat Riley is now calling the B.I.W., and that is best player in the world, by the way. Uh, who do you got? Uh, who do you think is going to end up with this, LeBron, Kobe, or D. Wade? You know, that's going to be huge, and I – to be honest, um, I really don't know. Um, obviously, all three of those guys are MVP and uh, in everyone's eyes, and it, it, it comes down to whatever MVP means to the NBA this year, and which has varied from year to year. So uh, all of them are deserving. If they've ever split it three ways, here's your time. Yes. Well, you know, do, do you feel that, you can win the MVP. Now, it's happened twice. It, it happened uh, back in the day. But can you win the MVP with fewer than 50 wins, meaning then that's what's probably going to happen to D-Wade because the team probably won't win 50 games. They'll be right close maybe at the end of the season. But uh, you're going to have Kobe probably in the almost 60, something like that, and LeBron probably somewhere close to 55, something like that. Do you think that that plays into it, and uh, could he come away with the MVP with such a little amount of wins? You know, obviously, again, that the definition of MVP is huge and what it means to the NBA this year. Um, obviously, the year Steve Nash was winning and he was putting up uh, good numbers and he was a leader of his team. Uh, you know, you know, he had people playing at a high level. I think that Dwayne Wade has his has his franchise playing at a high level. They'll and he's playing at a high level. So again, is it a team award or individual award? And that's something that the NBA has to come up with. But obviously, uh, all the people have a true idea of what the MVP means, and it's the three best players. You could pick them in any any order. Now, the Cavs, speaking of LeBron James, the Cavs lose to the Celtics the other night. And uh, with no KG, mind you, what does this say? I mean, is that a step backwards for the Cavs, or is this just, a, in your opinion, a regular season game? Because I, I really thought that that was a statement game, in my opinion, for the Celtics. I thought that they made a huge jump uh, being able to go out and beat Cleveland with, you know, obviously they don't have their big guy in Ben Wallace, but Ben uh, does so much for the team, but probably not as much as KG does. So does that really set them back and send a message from the Celtics? Well, obviously it, it does both. Uh, it sends a message that uh, every team, uh, whoever hosts between the Cleveland and Boston, generally wins. And you can check the records and, and, the, and the data, and you see the team that plays at home wins. Uh, and with the second part of that question, it should hurt Cleveland because, yes, you should have taken advantage, full advantage of the fact that KG isn't there and to put it down and to really, really uh, send the message. So, uh, hey, they kind of leave the doors wide open, and uh, I'm sure everybody can feel the breeze in Cleveland. No question. Two teams that are on the move in the NBA. One is the Hornets, and uh, they seem to be winning some games after their trade fell through. Maybe that shook and woke everybody up. And the other one is the Utah Jazz winning 10 straight right now. Out of those two teams, which team do you think can make the biggest noise in the Western Conference? Well, I really think Utah, and just based upon what Utah is, and they're a team that you don't know what they are right now. Um, they're a very good team, but they've been so depleted with injuries that they're finally getting everybody back together. And it's not a, a, a just getting everyone back together. You got to wait for everyone's game, their NBA, their their game time game to come. And so when that starts to come, everybody has a different rhythm and the, the cohesiveness of the unit. I mean, you know, so they could be a very, very dangerous team. I don't know if people are realizing or watch Utah play, but they're very dangerous. 
I, I, I totally agree with you. I think they're going to be the team to watch, and I'd hate to play them in the first round because they've had so many injuries. Now they get healthy. Like you said, cohesiveness is big. All of a sudden they get their groove, they get their swagger, and they could march right through the playoffs because they are two years removed from the Western Conference Finals, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, they can definitely, definitely make it back. Now, Wizzle, I don't know if you saw, but Atlanta last night played against Charlotte in Charlotte, and we had a little fisticuffs. Mike Woodson, the coach of the Atlanta Hawks, Josh Smith, his uh, star power forward, got into it at halftime. And uh, from what I understand, it almost came to blows. And Mr. Smith didn't play in the second half one minute. Now, in your opinion, in my opinion, a lot of times this can be very destructive for a team. And sometimes it can be that rattle that really wakes the team up because they had so much success last year. Could this be the fall apart of Atlanta and they go back to the old Hawks that, that everyone is used to seeing? Well, you know, obviously the doors are wide open for that opportunity. Um, you know, let's face it, these gentlemen out there, and you can't yell at your boss, and but at the same time you got to show some respect if you are a boss. you got to respect your employees, and you can't degrade them or, you know, show them up in front of everybody. And not only that, you have to know their personality to understand how to get the most out of them, and that's your job as a coach, and that's why the coaches get fired first, unfortunately. So uh, I, I just really look at the coach 60% and then the player 40%. The, co- the player could have been tripping, but the coach didn't know how to defuse it before he even got there. It's some players that you just can't get up in their face, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, two players that have signed with uh, teams that, uh, you know, kind of under the radar, but I think really could have some uh, uh, – Big boost for the teams, and curious to see which one you think. Both of them happen to be power forwards. Drew Gooden goes to the San Antonio Spurs, and Joe Smith goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously replacing the injured Ben Wallace. Which uh, of those two do you think is going to have the biggest impact as we wind the season down coming into the playoff stretch? Well, I personally believe that, uh, that Joe Smith will obviously help out LeBron. But the big one is Drew Gooden, and not only because Drew Gooden's youth and his ability, but he's playing with Popovich, a no-nonsense type of guy who's going to get and milk you for the best of your ability. I think this is going to be an opportunity for Drew Gooden to find a home. And uh, this is uh, it's big because they needed some youth and, 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 and you know, some savvy, bubble nut-nut, if you know what I mean. You know, when you're playing basketball sometimes, and, and you're not going to get that a lot of time from Alberto and some of the players that they have. So uh, I really, really like the sign, and I think that Popovich and, and Gooden will help each other out, and ultimately it's going to make Gooden a better player and a better man. I, I truly uh, agree with you. I, there's, there's been a lot of players that have come through Popovich's system because that's, that's really what it is when you look at uh, a lot of the coaches that have come through there and, and really did some good things that he's going to be able to, if, if Drew is going to ever be the player that a lot of people thought that he could be, this is going to be the time that he molds himself into that type of player because the system dictates that you bring your game every night and you are responsible for the way that you play, no question about it. Whistle, as always, insight to sports, lovely. We appreciate it. <laughs> Until next week, same time, same place, same station. Don't miss out. The Whistle will be back again. Thank you, Do they order food around here? I doubt <laughs> Hey, everybody, you know we only got 99 seconds left on this show, and it's been a rough ride, but we had a wonderful time with y'all. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, as you've seen earlier in the show, but we always enjoy chatting and talking with you guys. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for, you know, your support and and checking us out every Saturday at 5 o'clock. Infinite love. Talk radio. We don't say it enough, y'all. And a lot of people were saying, you know, what's what's the name of this show? I gotta come back. It's so interesting. Infinite Love Talk Radio. Doug and Jackie Christie is your host. We enjoy talking with you again, like I stated. And if you could bypass when you go back in the archives and listen to the show, bypass the first say three, maybe four minutes of it, and then you're gonna get some very valuable and interesting information and content. And then come back and check us out next Saturday, okay? Five o'clock. Until then, take care everybody. Peace. Respect. I'm gonna live my life.
Oh, God. 